Hey everybody, welcome to South Bay Community Church. My name is James, I'm one of the pastors here. And we are just so thankful that you guys would be joining us here in person. You know, some of you guys are out in the lobby or in the tent or watching at home. We're just glad that you guys are here. But can you guys believe it? We are starting July. Man, this year is flying by. But you know what that means? That means that we are getting closer and closer to one of my favorite holidays. Can you guys guess what my favorite holiday is? Man, did you guys watch the message already? Yes, it's Christmas. My favorite holiday is Christmas. It is only 175 days away. And you know what, guys? I love Christmas for many, many, many reasons. I think some of the reasons, of course, are the lights and the decorations, the ornaments on the tree. There's just something festive about that holiday. Other things that I love is, of course, the music. I mean, who doesn't love Christmas music? That's why we start playing them as soon as November hits, right? And we don't even give Thanksgiving a chance. But other things that I love about the holiday, about Christmas, of course, is the Christmas treats. Oh, man, I think I've had a little bit too many of those Christmas treats since I have Christmas weight. But thankfully, during Christmas, it gets a little cooler. And so we can wear clothing for that weather that maybe hides a little bit of that Christmas weight a little bit. But I think one of the things that we really love about Christmas, if you ask most people, it's the gifts. Right? And of course, there's the reason for this season. There's the greatest gift of all, God's one and only son, Jesus Christ. But I think all of us can honestly say we don't mind getting gifts or, or even giving gifts. But here's the thing. I, I sometimes have an issue with giving gifts. And my issue is this. And I don't know if any of you guys can relate. But I just agonize and I just stress out about trying to find the perfect gift. I want to find something personal. I want to find something unique. I want to find something that is usable and, and purposeful. I don't want to just give something generic. And so oftentimes I fall victim to this idea of paralysis by analysis. Can anybody relate to that? Where I'm just caught up in thinking about it so much that I actually don't end up doing anything at all. Or often just buying something really last minute. But I think all of us can probably say that we know maybe one or two people that seem to have the gift of giving gifts. Because when they give gifts, it seems to be the perfect gift. It seems to be so special and so unique. It seems to be so useful and purposeful and meaningful. Well, today my hope is this, that after today's message, every single one of us will all know someone who gives perfect gifts. And we're going to do that by continuing our series, What We Believe. And what we believe is kind of a systematic theology approach to understanding the things that we believe in as Christians and why we believe it. And we've been currently studying the Holy Spirit. And we're going to continue that study today. But before I do, can I open up our time in a word of prayer? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for waking us up this morning, giving us life and giving us breath in our lungs and bringing us here to church. Now God, here as we gather together to study your word, will you be our teacher? Holy Spirit, will you enlighten our hearts and our thoughts in regards to this idea of gifts? May we not just hear, may we not just learn, but may we respond according to your purposes and your will, Lord. We thank you so much, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Hey guys, imagine getting a gift like this. If you guys were to get a gift like this, what would be the first thing that you guys would do? Some of you guys, you guys would just take that gift, open it up, and take out whatever's in there, right? Without any hesitation. But maybe some of you guys are like me. You guys are looking at this gift and you're a little skeptical. You're kind of looking at it and you're like, wait, I got some questions. And some of the questions that I have when I get a gift, it might be this. It might be, who is this gift from? Because that matters. Because if it's from someone that I don't know, then I don't know if I want to open it. I don't know if I want to discover what's in it. But then the second question that I'll begin to ask is, what's inside? What is this gift? So maybe I'll give it a little shake. Maybe I'll pick it up just to see how much it weighs. And then lastly, the third question that I would probably ask is, what is this gift for? What's the purpose of this gift? And those are the same three questions that I want us to answer today when it comes to spiritual gifts. Because here's the truth. A lot of you in here today, a lot of you guys watching, you guys are gifted. You guys are gifted with spiritual gifts. But a lot of you guys are just letting these gifts kind of just sit there, unwrapped, undiscovered, and unused. And so let's discover what these gifts are. Let's discover who gives these gifts. And let's understand the goal of these gifts, these spiritual gifts. And in order to do that, we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in our Bibles. And so if you guys have your Bibles, would you guys meet me there? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you guys don't have your Bibles, if you guys have your apps, you guys can turn there as well. Or you can follow along on the screen. We'll put the verses up there for you too. But here's the thing. Just to give you kind of a backdrop of this letter and the purpose of what Paul's writing here is this. See, the Corinthian church was one of the first churches ever to be in existence. They, they were young Christians as well. And so because of that, they didn't have a lot of examples to follow. They didn't really know and understand what it meant to be a church, to be a family, to do life together as believers. And so because of that, they had some miscues and missteps along the way. And due to that, they were gaining a reputation of a church gone wild. For instance, some of the issues that Paul writes to them about and he wants to address is like in chapter 1. He tells them, hey, some of you guys are putting pastors on pedestals. You guys are like making idols out of your pastors, out of your leaders, because there were certain people that were saying, you know what? Paul, Paul is the one that I'm going to follow because he's the one that founded the church. While others on the other side was like, no, 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 I'm going to listen to Peter because Peter is an actual disciple of Jesus. And see, I think unfortunately, some of us still do that today. We get calls sometimes at our church asking us, oh, who's speaking this weekend? Is it Pastor Greg? Is it Pastor James? Is it Pastor Gary? And that'll determine whether they come or not. And Paul was like, wait a second, guys. It's not about these people. It is about following Christ. Why are you guys elevating these guys to higher status than they should be? Why are you guys letting these bring about division amongst you as, as, as a church? And then some of the other things that was going on in the church was there was relationship that was scandalous and filled with sexual sin. And what the church was doing was kind of just turning a blind eye to it. While some of the others were just like clapping and applauding it. And Paul was like, guys, I know maybe some of you guys are thinking you guys are being inclusive and welcoming. But hey, if they are believers, we must speak out in truth and in love. We must address sin for the sake of that person's soul, but also for the sake of our church and for the sake of the name of Christ. 
We can't just let that, let that go. And then other things that were happening, there were some infighting, there were some factions being formed. Christians were beginning to sue each other over trivial matters. And then one matter that was causing a lot of division were the gifts. And so Paul begins to address it. So let's take a look. Let's start at chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Paul says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. See, again, Paul is addressing one of these issues. And these issues are spiritual matters. It's the spiritual gifts. And he's telling them, hey, guys, you guys are uninformed about these spiritual gifts. And because you guys are uninformed about these spiritual gifts, you are mistaking who is the giver of these gifts and where they come from. Because you are uninformed, you are misunderstanding what these gifts are and what they're about. And because you are uninformed, you are starting to misuse these gifts. But now you guys are believers in Jesus Christ. It says right there, you guys are calling Jesus Lord. And the Greek word used for Lord there is master. You are declaring that. You are believing that. And because of that, we need to make sure you are correctly informed on these gifts. Because the Holy Spirit as believers resides in you. And you've been given these gifts. And so let's take a look at how he starts to inform them. We'll continue on in verse 4. It says, now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And what I want us to do right now is I want us just to camp out on verse seven. Why do I want us to camp out on there and study that together a little bit more in depthly? Is because I believe this verse kind of reveals to us the answers to the questions that we have. Who is the giver of these gifts? What are these gifts? And what are the goal? What is the goal of these gifts? So let's read it together again. In verse 7 it says this, to each is given. If you guys are taking notes, would you guys just underline that phrase, to each is given. And basically what it is saying here is that to all believers, every single person that has put their faith in Jesus Christ, to each and every one of you, you are gifted. And there are no qualifiers to this. It's not saying once you reach a certain age or maturity, but it tells us that if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and you are gifted. Now what where are these gifts from? Who give, gave us these gifts? If it isn't obvious in the verses that we just read, let me point to verse 11, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, because I, make, I think it makes it extremely clear. Verse 11, it says, all these, and these are concerning gifts, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. There's one that gives these gifts as he desires, as he wills. And who is it? Who, it, who gives spiritual gifts? Well, the answer is this. The giver of spiritual gifts is the Holy Spirit. The giver of spiritual gifts is the Holy Spirit. 
And I think this is so important for us to know. This is so valuable because now it causes us to look at this gift or these gifts of the spiritual gifts differently. Because we know that the gifts are from the Holy Spirit. And we have learned in the weeks past that the Holy Spirit is not just some power or some force. But he is the third person of the Trinity. The divine person within the Trinity. He has pronouns, personality traits. He is God, the Holy Spirit. And he has given us gifts as believers I don't know about you, but that will definitely change the way that I view and value gifts. Let me give you an example of how knowing who sends, who gives you these gifts really impact gifts itself. I want to show you guys here one of my favorite gifts of all times. This is a Taylor 310. This is a pretty expensive guitar. And there once was, once, once upon a time where I, as our youth pastor here at South Bay Community Church, not only taught God's word, but I also led worship. Thank God those days are no longer necessary where I have to lead worship. But here's the thing. This is probably about 16, 17 years old. And so some people thought it would be really, really important for me to have a nice guitar. So they thoughtfully and generously purchased this for me. But can I tell you guys something? As nice as this guitar is, as, as overwhelming of a gift it was for me, as humbling as I was to get this kind of gift, I was a little disappointed because I actually had my eyes on another guitar, the Taylor 410E. And that Taylor 410E was, yes, maybe a little bit more expensive. It was a limited edition model. It had different kind of wood, so it produced a different kind of sound. And that E on the end, it added some electronics and so there was a part of me that was like, I wonder if I could go back and ask the people who got me this gift if maybe they could return it and maybe get me the 410E instead. Or, or you know, if they don't have enough money, maybe I'll, I'll chip in with it. Or, or maybe I was thinking maybe I should just sell this one so I could get the one that I want. And, and this is what happened. A few months later, I actually purchased the Taylor 410E for myself. And yet here's the thing, uh, I no longer play the guitar very much. And as you guys can see, I only have one guitar left. The 410E I got rid of and I sold. And you might be wondering, why did you get rid of the one that you really wanted? Why did you get rid of the one that was perfect for you? All because of who got me this gift. See, who got me this gift was our students here at South Bay Community Church. These middle schoolers and these high schoolers came together. They pulled their money together and they purchased this very expensive gift for me. And because of that, even though this guitar has been thrashed, has been beat up, one of our students even dropped it and broke its neck, this is the guitar that I have kept. This is the guitar that I value. This is the guitar that I consider one of my favorite gifts, all because of who gave it to me. Now think about this. We have been given gifts from the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, who knows all things, who knows you and me better than anyone else. And he thoughtfully, purposely gave us these gifts. 
And because of that, that, could, that should cause us to say, I, I want to know. I want to discover what this, this, these gifts are. I need to open this up. I need to take a look. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Let's continue on. And let's answer some of these questions about what these gifts are. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, we read it again. It says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Let's stop there. Would you guys underline the manifestation of the Spirit? Because here now we begin to answer the next question. The first question was, who gives these gifts? The Holy Spirit. Now, what are these gifts? And what are these gifts? Spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? Manifestation is kind of a big word. This is what it plainly means. It says the Holy Spirit is displayed through supernatural abilities given to us from the Holy Spirit. And it is from him and it is for him. Guys, I want you to understand that when we talk about spiritual gifts, I'm not talking about natural abilities or skills or talents that we have honed on our own through efforts by ourselves. No, I'm talking about tools that have been endowed upon us by the Holy Spirit to fulfill God's purposes. And each believer, everyone that has put their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord has has been given something to show who God is and to accomplish his work. And practically speaking, let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 12 and the following verses 8 through 10 as Paul gives us an idea of what these spiritual gifts can look like. But as we go there, I want you guys to take note again. If you guys are following along and you are are underlining things, would you guys underline in verse 8 to 1? And any time later in the verses, would you guys also underline to another, that phrase, because it's going to show up a number of times. And for the rest of us, just make note of those phrases, okay? Because I think this is one of the biggest points that I don't want us to miss. All right, let's read it together. In verse 8, it says, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues and guys what I want you guys to see here this is not an exhaustive or complete list of all the gifts that can be found in the Bible these spiritual gifts that we're talking about there's actually more in detail that Paul talks about these gifts and how they're to be used in in chapter 12 chapter 13 and especially chapter 14 but you could also look through Ephesians 4 or 1 Peter 4 or Romans 12 and you can find a more complete list but one thing that we do know is that there are many 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 gifts Many spiritual gifts. And there can be a lot of discussion and a lot of division over each one of these gifts. And and our job here today, my hope, my heart here today isn't to get stuck on some of these things and have these debates. Because that can take a long time and we don't have enough time for that. But what I want to direct us to is the main point of what Paul is really trying to drive home. And that is this. If you look again, so many to another or to one, right? What I believe Paul is really trying to get us to understand is this. Not everyone has the same gifts. Nor does anyone have all the gifts. 
But each and every one of us as believers have at least one gift, if not more. And they are all valuable. They are all important. And so I have a question for you here today. Do you know what your gifts are? Do you know what your gifts are? These unique gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you, have you unpacked and unwrapped your gifts to discover what they are? You know, I I think one of my gifts, one of the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has given me is the gift of teaching. And I hope that's the case because I've been teaching for a long time as one of the pastors here at the church, especially with our youth. But I say that not in pride because I don't really think I'm a good teacher. Honestly, I don't even know how I'm given the opportunity to teach and preach God's word other than it has to be a gift from the Holy Spirit himself using me because on my own, it makes no sense. Some of you guys might have been here last week. If not, Pastor Greg showed this picture of me of when I was in high school. And this picture, you guys are already laughing. This picture of me is like a picture of when I was a wannabe gangster James, thug James. Don't let this picture fool you. Guys, I was growing up a really, really, really shy kid. Most people, if you ask them that knew me in high school, would never, ever imagine me ever getting on stage and speaking to an audience like you guys. Why? Because like I said, I was shy. So shy that when I was even around like friends, I would always kind of just mumble and talk really softly because I was so insecure. And my friends They thought it would be funny if they came up with a nickname to make fun of how I would mumble around them. And if you guys have ever been made fun of, that's hard and that hurts. That only drove my insecurity even higher. And so I I clammed up, I shelled up, and I, I got even more quieter and shy. And then on top of that, when I was in elementary school, I used to go, I had to go every single day to see a speech therapist because I had struggled with a lisp for so long. I think that was one of the reasons it drove my insecurity to not want to speak up, to kind of be quiet, to be shy. And on top of that, I had these issues with my voice because for whatever reason, it sounded like there was a frog in my voice and I always kind of talked with this raspy, hoarse voice. And because of that, doctors had said, you know what, your vocal cords are getting damaged. There may be some permanent damage that is likely going to happen. Because of that, speaking, you know, a lot is not going to be your thing. Top of that, I've had no formal training in this whole platform of teaching and preaching, and yet here I am. And I can say I'm only here because of the Holy Spirit and his gifting to me to be able to teach and to preach Now, some of you guys might be wondering, wait, wait, if you were that shy, if you were that quiet, if you didn't want to ever teach anybody, how are you now using those gifts? How did you discover those gifts? Well, one of the ways, of course, was I heard a message just like this. And I learned, okay, if I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, if I have the Holy Spirit, then I have some gifts. I got to discover what these gifts are. And so I began to study scripture. I began to look at and examine all the gifts 
And then even on top of that, I know that online now, there's a bunch of different tests that we can take to figure out and match up with all the different uh, spiritual gifts that are out there. But of course, those tests can be wrong. And I thought they were wrong because they were saying, maybe I had the gift of teaching. Or, and I was like, that doesn't make sense. But what I decided to do too was I decided to just start serving. And so at my old church, I started helping out in the youth ministries with no intention of ever teaching or speaking. I just wanted to help. I thought that was one of my spiritual gifts. And it probably is. It might be one of them. But I never knew or thought. I went into it thinking, I want to teach and I want to speak. Because that was the last thing that this shy kid ever wanted to do. But somewhere down the, down the way, through my serving, I guess people saw something in me that I didn't even see myself. And so they invited me and asked me to speak at a youth retreat at one of the workshops. And get this, the workshop was on dating. Gosh, they did not know what they were thinking. But they asked me to speak and to share the workshop about dating. And so I was scared. I was nervous. I really started to do all my preparation and planning and praying and practicing. And then I got up there and I bombed. I was speaking to these teenagers and they just looked at me with this blank stare in their face like, what are you talking about? What are you saying? Some of them started sleeping. And I just, I, I just, I was fumbling over my words and I, I just wasn't very eloquent. I was not being very coherent. And so I remember after finishing, I went straight to my room and I started crying because I had just failed. In my mind, I failed God. I failed all these people. I wasted all their time. I misrepresented the Lord. I didn't do a good job. This must not be what God had intended for me. But thankfully, a brother came to my room, and he consoled me. And then he began to counsel me. And he began to affirm, no, James, I really do believe that this is a gift that you have. Don't quit. Don't give up. James, it might not be easy all the time. It not, might not always come naturally. That's the point. These are supernatural gifts given to you by the Holy Spirit. You may need to work on it to figure out how to use it, but just keep going. And then we pray together and say, James, we're going to have another opportunity for part two of the workshop. Go back out there. And I went back out there. And I think I did okay. <laughs> I'm not quite sure exactly how it went, but what I do remember from that time was just feeling an affirmation that, yeah, maybe this is something that God wants me to use and do. Maybe some of you guys need to do the same thing. You've been gifted by the Holy Spirit. You need to open it up and you need to discover what those gifts are. So you need to dive into the scriptures, see all the gifts, maybe take some of those tests online and find out what those gifts might be. But more importantly, maybe some of you guys, some of you guys need to just start serving. Because maybe some of you guys are struggling from paralysis by analysis. You guys are looking at the test results or you're reading through the scriptures. Like, None of this fits me. I don't understand how I would do any of these. And you're like, I, it doesn't make sense. And you're just stuck. And so you're just doing nothing. But maybe some of us, we learn best when we just start doing. 
And that's how maybe we'll start to discover our gifts. Maybe we'll start serving in one way and we'll discover we don't have that gift. And at least that way we can start moving toward the gifts that we do have. Or maybe what we could do, it's like what happened with me is just talking with other people and asking them, people especially that are mature in their faith and understand and know gifts, but also know you very well. For instance, my wife and I, we were talking through this message. She was helping me. And as we were going through some of the spiritual gifts, she started asking me, do you think I have this one? Do you think I have that one? And then we got to the gift of encouragement. And she said, hey, James, do you think I have the spiritual gift of encouragement? And I said, honey, no, you don't. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean I don't have the gift of encouragement? I said, honey, don't get me wrong. I think you can be encouraging. You have encouraged me many times throughout some of the darkest moments of my life. But honey, can I be real with you? You're a straight shooter. You, you shoot from the hip. You're, you're kind of blunt. You're really forward. You say things. And you say them because they're truth, but you know what? You don't always say it the very nicest of ways. Even though it could be helpful and true, it's always not easy to digest the way you share them. It's like... No, no, give me an example. I said, oh, you want me to give you, I got plenty of examples. Okay, let me give you an example. And so this was an example that I gave to her. Some of you guys might know I, I like to run and I sign up for races. And when you sign up for a race, typically you get a bib, but you also usually end up with a participation shirt. And I remember one race, I ran and I got this shirt. And I remember getting this shirt and I'm thinking, oh, that's a nice shirt. I like the design of that shirt. You know what? I, I don't have a lot of yellow shirts either. You know what? This, this is, this is going to be a go-to shirt. And I was thinking about it later. I was like, oh, I'm going to see Darren after this run. I'm going to go home and I'm going to get ready. And you know what? I'm going to surprise her with this shirt. I'm going to wear it when we go out to lunch together. And so I remember getting home. She was asking me about the race. I was like, things went well. She said, like, how this shirt? The shirt's great. Let me show it to you a little bit later. I'm going to get ready right now. Why don't, you, why don't you go to the car and, and meet me there? As soon as I'm done, I'll meet you in there. We'll go. She said, like, okay, cool. So I remember showering, and we're getting out of the, car, uh, getting out of the shower, uh, getting ready. And I remember putting on this shirt. And I was like, yeah, that's a nice shirt. I like it. It looks good. I think yellow compliments me. So I remember putting it on. I remember getting to the car, opening the door, sitting down, turning on the car. My wife just looks over at me. And she says, are you going to wear that? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean I'm going to wear that? We're in the car. We're ready to go. I turned it on already. And of course, I'm already wearing that. And I was like, why? Hmm. Uh, so you don't like it? No. What's wrong with it? Well, you look like a banana. Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. I thought this shirt was amazing and it was awesome. And here she is calling me a banana. We laughed about that story and we, we agreed, yeah, maybe encouragement isn't one of her gifts. But we talked about it some more and we looked through some more of the gifts and we discovered she has so many gifts. And the way we recognized that was because she uses those gifts. Which leads me to that last question of what are these gifts for? What, are, what is the goal of these gifts? And so let's go back again to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. It tells us, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Again, if you're underlying, would you underline that last phrase? 
Now, some of you guys are underlining, you're like, wait, James, you just had me underline the whole verse. Yes, that's the point, because this answers all of our questions. And the last question is, what is the goal of these spiritual gifts that we have been given by the Holy Spirit? What, are the, what is the goal? The goal of the gifts is for the good of the church. The goal of the gifts is for the good of the church. Guys, I want you guys to understand with spiritual gifts, they're not like regular gifts. When you and I get gifts, typically for our birthday or for Christmas or an anniversary, those gifts are for us, for us to enjoy, for us to use as we please, for our benefit. But these gifts that the Holy Spirit thoughtfully, intentionally gave each and every one of us, he gave it so that we could use it for others. Our gifts are not for ourselves. I I want you guys to understand this. My gift is not for me. My gift is for you. Your gift is not for you. Your gift is for others, especially within the church. It is to edify one another. It is to encourage one another. It is to build each other up. The good of the church, it means that we need to build each other up as a family, as a body, as a team. See, the Corinthians, Paul was writing to them because they were misusing their gifts. They thought their gifts were for their benefit and for building themselves up because they were going around saying, look at my spiritual gifts. My gifts say that I am better than you because look, my gifts are this, your gifts are that. That's a lesser gift. This is a greater gift, so I must be greater. They were forgetting who gave them the gifts, that they didn't earn it, that they were given by God. They they forgot what the gifts were for and the goals of these gifts as well. It wasn't to build themselves up individually. It was to build them up collectively. It was to bring unity, not division. I mean, if we examine these gifts and the diversity and the uniqueness of these gifts, it'll teach us that we are to be interdependent of one another not independent of one another that us as a church we need each other because these gifts show that we are interdependent of one another that we're not to be islands alone by ourselves just doing our own thing using our gifts only for ourselves our gifts are for each other take a look at first corinthians 12 4 through 6 he kind of expounds on this point he says now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit there are varieties of service but the same lord and there are varieties of activities but it is the same god who empowers them all and everyone there are so many gifts all purposely given for different ministries, for different needs, for different people, for different occasions and circumstances. It is to show that we, our gifts are to make us need and be with each other. It reminds me of activity that we did with our youth one time. We were trying to teach them to look out for not just their own interests, but the interests of each other. A teaching from Philippians 2. And so we did activities and games to drive home that point. And our last activity was going to be dinner. And these kids, they were hungry. They were starving. And so we came up with an idea to really, really drive this point home. What we did was we broke up the kids into groups. We had group one, group two, group three, group four. And then when we got the kids in their groups, had them sit down, we said, what we're going to do is we're going to spin a wheel. 
And whatever that wheel lands on, that's what your group gets. And so we spun the wheel for group one. It landed on water. All right, group one, you guys just get water. Group two, I'm going to spin the wheel. Okay, you guys, you guys just get rice. Group three, we're going to spin that wheel. All right, you guys, you guys get the meat. All right, group four, let's spin that wheel. Ooh, you guys got vegetables. All right, here you guys go. And, and, you know, what they could have done is they could have taken these and say, okay, guys, group one, I guess we're just going to drink water. Enjoy. You know, group two could have just said, okay, we got rice. They're better than nothing. Group three could have been like, yeah, we got all the meat. Let's enjoy it. Group four, vegetables, right? They could have just stayed there and done that. But instead, they did what we were hoping they would do. They were like, hey, why don't we just share it amongst one another so that everyone could have a complete meal of all these different things? church that's what the spiritual gifts are for the diversity of our gifts is to bring unity amongst the believers not division it's for the good of the church you know what else these gifts accomplish for the good of the church take a look with me in first peter chapter 4 10 through 11 peter says this as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. See, the gifts are for the good of the church, to build the church up, to bring unity to the church, and as we see here, to grow the church by making Christ known and having God glorified. An example of that can be seen in the New Testament when the Holy Spirit descended at Pentecost. See, the disciples were up teaching and preaching to a multitude of people from a multitude of backgrounds, a multitude of languages, and yet as As the apostles were teaching, we we hear that the Holy Spirit gifted them with tongues so that everyone listening, even though they spoke a different language, they heard it in their native language. All for what reason? To make Christ known. For people to believe and accept Jesus Christ. See, these gifts were given for the goal of the good of the church. But these goals cannot be accomplished unless these gifts are used. For example, imagine you guys get your gift, you discover it is from the Holy Spirit, so you excitedly and readily open it up and you look and you discover what your gift is. And let's just use this as an example. It's like a gift card, but maybe it's a gift card that you realize is not for you, but for you to use on somebody else. And you look at it and you're like, wow, this is great. But you know what? I don't like it. I don't like that place. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. So this is what you do. You just put it back. Say, you know, I'll use it another time. I'll use it at another place. I'll use it when it's right. You know, actually, a lot of people do that with their gift cards. Did you guys know there was a recent survey that said about 51% of U.S. adults have unused gift cards? That means one in every two people, one of you guys does, has unused gift cards. And the average amount that these people have in unused gift cards is about $116. And collectively, if you extrapolate that, just in the U.S. alone, they say that there are $15.3 billion of unused gift cards here in the U.S. 
$15.3 billion worth of money that was spent on gift cards that are being left unused. Guys, what a waste. But do you know what's the bigger waste? That there are Christians, that there are believers who have received gifts from the Holy Spirit and they're leaving them unused. Man, thank God that there are people willing to use their gifts. For instance, I think of Pastor Gary and Pastor Greg. Thank God they use their gifts. Thank God that Pastor Gary, he didn't just hide his gifts and put them away and just continue to be an owner of a Mexican restaurant. But no, he took his gifts, he used his gifts. And as our pastor, he has led us for the past almost 30 years. And then there's Pastor Greg. I'm so thankful that he didn't ignore his gifts or hide his gifts and just work in downtown L.A. selling designer jeans. But instead, he uses his gifts to teach us God's word. Another pairing that I'm so thankful that they use their gifts is this pair here. It's a brother and sister combo, Angel Son and John Son. They actually attend our church, but probably many of you guys might not know them because our church has gotten so big, but I know them. And the reason I'm thankful that they use their gifts was because long, 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 long time ago, when I was in elementary school, I went to this small little Korean church, and they were there. And they used their gifts to be my Sunday school teachers. And I don't remember every lesson that they taught, but I remember them helping me to discover who Jesus was. And I honestly don't know where I would be without them. I'm so thankful that they weren't teenagers that said, you know what, I don't have time for this. Or, or they, they weren't teenagers or young adults that were saying, you know, I'm too busy. Or I don't know if I'm going to be good at this, so I'm not going to do it at all. That they didn't let anything get in the way of using what the Holy Spirit gave them. And because of that, I was able to learn about Jesus. You know, another group that I was hoping to put a picture of, but there is no picture of them because they often do things unseen. And they often do things that nobody else wants to do. But thank God they use their gifts. It's our Servants Hearts team here at South Bay Community Church. Our Servants Hearts teams, they serve every week cleaning the windows, wiping the tables, mopping the floors, taking out the trash, scrubbing and cleaning the toilets. They don't do it for attention. They get no attention. They get no recognition. But man, their gift of service is so valuable here at our church because it helps keep everything clean. And it's inviting, makes it an inviting place for people to come. We actually heard from somebody that made a comment that said, wow, your church keeps your bathrooms pretty clean. That's actually one of the reasons I came back. It's pretty funny, yet at the same time, that shows the importance of their gifts. They could easily say, oh, my gift's not that important. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to do anything. What little, what little thing can I do with this gift? You guys see what servants are? It's a big thing that they can do with their gifts. They were good stewards. These people have been good stewards of their gifts. They use what God has given them. The Holy Spirit has entrusted them, and they used it. But many of us, 
are leaving our gifts unused. We're kind of like being one of the servants in the parable of the talents that Jesus spoke on. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the parable of the talents, but let me give you a brief synopsis. Jesus was telling a story about the kingdom of God and how it was like a rich owner, a rich master was going away on a trip. And so he he got some talents together and got his servants together. And so the first servant, he gave him five talents. And talents is basically a large sum of money. So he gave him five of them. He gave the second one three. And the last one, he gave him one. And then he went away. And you know what the first two servants did? They took the talents that the master had entrusted them and they doubled them. The one that had five got ten. The one that got three had six. But you know what the third one did? The third one took their gift, their talents. And they were like, hmm, I'm going to put it away. I'm going to dig a hole. I'm going to hide it for safekeeping. And they just left it there. And then when the master came back, the first two Servants came and said, Master, here is your talents. But here, look, we've also doubled them. And the master said, well done, good and faithful servants. And then the third one said, oh, hold on, master. Hold on. Let me get your talent. He dug his pole back out, got the gift, proudly brought it back and presented it to the master. He said, Master, I know. I know how hard you work. I know how important this is to you. And so I didn't want to lose it. So I went and I hid it and I put it away. Here you go. This is yours. I know this is what you wanted. And take a look at how the master responded. Matthew chapter 25, verse 26 and 27. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew, you knew I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. And maybe some of you guys are like, that's kind of a harsh reaction, right? That's a strong reaction. Why is he getting so mad? At least he didn't lose what was entrusted to him. But see, the master had these issues with them. First, it was, he had this issue of, man, you didn't do anything with what I gave you. And why didn't you do anything with what I gave you? It's probably because you were too focused about yourself. You were too scared of losing it and what I might say, so you went and hid it. And on top of that, top of that, he called him slothful. So he's saying you're lazy. He's like, you know what? You're just too lazy. You didn't want to deal with it. You knew it would cost you work. And he called him evil. And so he, there's maybe that implication too that he was trying to tell. You were only concerned about your own well-being. And then finally he said, this is the biggest issue I have with you. You didn't really know me. You claimed to know me. You said that, you know, you really knew me. And so that's why you hit me. But he said, you know, get this, guys. If you really knew me, if you understood my heart, you would have done at least the bare minimum and taken that and just put it in a bank. But you didn't even do that. And honestly, church, that's like a lot of us. And it reminds me of a gift that my wife had given me. She bought me these shoes. And I don't know if you guys can see it or not, but these shoes look pretty clean and look pretty nice. And that's actually the issue that we have about these gifts is because these shoes look unworn. And that's because I don't wear them very much. They're seven years old almost. And they still look like they're brand new. See, my wife gave me these gifts and yet... I don't wear them 
And oftentimes she's like, what's wrong with you? Why weren't you wear the gifts that I got you? And I'm like, honey, like these shoes, they're just a little more comfortable. They're a little more worn in. They're already dirty. Your shoes are too special for me. Like, I want to only take them out for special occasions. She's like, no, you don't get it. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. But after reading through that passage, I realized I'm the one that doesn't get it. Because my wife thoughtfully purchased these gifts, this, these shoes for me. She went out of her way to get it for me and give it to me. Not just to put away for special occasions, but to take off my old shoes and wear my new shoes. To have them be used by me. No longer just hiding and put away for safekeeping. In church, we must do the same the heart of the Holy Spirit in giving us these gifts wasn't for us just to safely put them away for safekeeping, but to use them. And church, I think what we need to realize is this. Sometimes we act more like a Costco than we do a church. And what I mean by that, at Costco, everybody that goes has a membership, right? They belong to the Costco system. Yet they go there only for what they want and what they need oftentimes not even interacting with anyone else. If they do interact, it's usually in the parking lot when they're honking at each other, telling each other, get out of their way, or that's my parking spot. Yet, as we laugh about that, a lot of us treat church the same way. Even in our membership, some of us are like, oh, I don't want to go to that Costco because they don't have samples. Or I don't want to go to that Costco because they got a crowded parking lot. Or I don't want to go to that Costco because they don't have exactly what I like or need. I'll go to that Costco instead. We cannot be doing that here at church. That's not what church is all about. The spiritual gifts revealed to us, we're supposed to be a body. We're supposed to be a family. We're supposed to be a team where we're using the gifts the Holy Spirit has given us for the good of the church and for the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I end with these three challenges for you. Number one, would you remember the giver of these gifts to each and every one of us? Remember that it is the Holy Spirit that has thoughtfully, generously, and intentionally given you these gifts. And remember his heart. These gifts are to be used. And then so, second, would you discover your gifts Take a test, read through scripture, start serving and figuring it out as you go or ask somebody, talk to them, have discussions about it. And then finally, use them. Don't let them just go left unused. Use them because that's the heart of why the Holy Spirit has given them to us for the good of the church and for the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's not waste what the Holy Spirit has given us Let's use them. Let me close our time in a word of prayer. God, we come before you humbly. We realize now that the Holy Spirit has gifted us believers with these supernatural abilities and gifts. Yet, God, a lot of us have left these gifts unwrapped. And a lot of us have failed to remember who these gifts are from. They're from the Holy Spirit who knows us like none other. And then God, some of us though, we have not even unpacked and discovered our gifts. 
But God, as we have learned today, and as you called us to do, as we do learn and unpack them, will we begin to use them? Because that is the heart of why the Holy Spirit has given it to us. Not for our own benefit, not for our own purposes, but for the goal of the good of the church, of the good news of Jesus Christ. So help us to use our gifts. We love you and thank you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.